White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at his name, Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there and subscribe and get a prize pack like our guy, Pete Hannon, the latest guy to get a prize pack for there. If you subscribe, tell your friends they subscribe and maybe you can be the lucky person to win a T-shirt and a mug from Locked on Socks. You're one of the exclusive people. 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach us via voicemail or Locked on Socks at gmail.com. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Always feels good to beat the Twins. Always feels good to sweep the Twins. Man. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. And episode 266 of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aaron Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Tomorrow. Follow the Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And we're going to be talking about some prospects here in a second. Uh, but that's who the show is brought to you by today. Uh, the Minnesota Twins series uh, resulting in a three-game sweep by the White Sox. The first back-to-back home series sweep for the Sox against the Twins since 1994 and 1995. Well, that is brought to you by... KY Jelly made right here in the United States. Oh, in any event, um, <laughs> we have some news to get uh, right out of the chute here, and uh, it involves some of the prospects that uh, we just alluded to. And uh, if you will forgive me tonight, I've got my daughter down in here. She's down here playing Roblox, watching videos. So if you hear any outbursts, it's it's not Herb this time. It's probably her uh, laughing at uh, a video game or whatever she's going to do down here because her mom deserves a night off too once in a while. So. I was doing roadblocks also. <laughs> How so? Uh, oh, you're also play. playing? You're playing yeah. as the show's going on? Yeah, yeah me too. I, I, so I would, it might be me. I would love to see your Roblox avatar. Uh, sure. But anyway, uh, some, some news here out of the shoot. Uh, Yohan Moncada, a Sox win today. We're going to post this on Thursday. we got we got to knock one more out tomorrow. Uh, Sox win today, 8-5. to five. The Sox go to 48-32 and 32 on the season. And uh, I think by the time we're done here, they will be a full five games up on the Tribe, who is just getting taken to Pound Town by the Astros this evening. Thank you very much. Michael Brantley with a big bomb in that one and his return to Cleveland. Uh, but yeah, it's a White Sox sweep. Yohan Moncada did have an injury in that one today after that awkward slide. It looked like he tripped up a little bit into the slide. Anyway, he rolled over on his right wrist, and there was a, a bruise going on there. You worry about broken bones with all those bro- bones in the hand. Uh, but apparently it's just bruising and swelling right now. And they're speculating. I say they, that means the internets. We have not seen official word yet. But 
Jake Berger looks like he's going to get called up for the Detroit series. That would make sense. If, if I were Rick Hahn, if I were Tony, I would just tell Yoan, I know you just got off of a, of a nice little respite here, but no need to rush things. We're in a good spot. Why don't you take a you know little trip to the IL, 10 days worth, and we can give Jake Berger a shot here. But if that is indeed the case, Herb, what do you think about that? Jake Berger getting called up. I mean, awesome story. Like, to come from what he came from, um, a guy that most of us as a prospect never even gave a chance to after that second Achilles. We're like, man, this is really tough. And, man, a first-round pick that we thought was going to be the bad of the future, their baseman in the future is pretty much wasted. And now for him to make his major league debut this week in Detroit would be awesome. Now, I know that his future with the Sox is right now iffy or maybe even – not existent because there's a guy who already plays this position and another guy they care about who would play the minor position that he would do next year, but go out, show out like Gavin Sheets is doing so far. They can, they, you know, they miss time. You go show out. Somebody's going to like you and somebody's going to have you playing major league baseball games. So Jake Berger deserves all this. He worked his way back, got himself in phenomenal shape and became that bat that we've been thinking after they drafted out of Missouri State, and it'll be awesome to see them. Yeah, man, that would be a nice little thing to, to keep us interested during the Tigers series. I know the Tigers are playing a better brand of baseball, and what's not to love about watching the Sox now, but that would be another added wrinkle to this series. And Jake Berger, of course, the first-round pick in 2017, gets the two Achilles injuries, and to, to his credit, worked his way back, as you said, lost a ton of weight to, to make himself a little more nimble, a little more versatile. And I think it had to have had a positive impact on his swing because the power numbers are there for him down in Charlotte, which is part of the reason why he was back on the radar so quickly. But kudos to him and kudos to the White Sox for sticking with him. Like there was that you know brief stretch last year in 2020 where he was playing like independent league ball or whatever that was down near uh, his hometown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a guy that clearly loves the game and did not give up on himself. And there's a there's a lot you can learn there from that youngster. And I, I wish him nothing but the best, no matter whose uniform uh, it, it will be in. But for this weekend, it looks like it'll be in the White Sox uniform. And I think it's one thing that 2021 and 2020 really have taught us is that versatility and being able to adapt in any situation is is critical especially when you're in a team and in a championship window and all the expectations you have to rise to meet those expectations and i think about andrew vaughn deserves a lot of credit here because mm-hmm. his versatility and his willingness to be a good teammate and just being a good baseball player to go out to the outfield after the eloy injury has opened up a lot of things here a lot of possibilities you know his you know positioning out there and left has helped Jose stay at first has helped Zach Collins get some more ABs. It's helped, you know, Gavin Sheets now get some more ABs. He's because of his versatility also in this offseason, you know, learning how to play the outfield. Just, you know, these guys are all putting themselves in positions to be counted on. And I think that can't be overstated. So if anything we've learned is like, you know, they'll find a spot if you can play. If you can hit and play just good enough defensively and you show that you're trying to get better and you have a clue out there, they're going to find a spot for you. So, um, but yeah, man, that's going to be exciting stuff to see if Jake uh, Berger does indeed 
uh, have uh, his uh, major league debut this weekend. That's always special, man. I, you know, at, at the older I get, that's the one of the few things when you watch baseball that just never grows old is just watching a guy go up there for the first time in a major league uniform. And even with Gavin Sheets this week, it, it'd be hard to top what Gavin Sheets did out there this week, getting mm-hmm. his first hit and home run out of the way and uh, contributing to a sweep of the Twins. But, yeah, man, it's exciting stuff here. And uh, back to the series at hand the sweep of the twins and it's it, it never tires sweeping the twins especially the way this series began with the donaldson stuff but i, I saw a lot of people after the the astro series and in the middle of the pirate series I, I remember seeing someone tweet um they were they were making a fun of the enjoy the ride comments you know i'm i'm definitely an enjoy the ride guy I don't know where you fall in on that. And when I say enjoy the ride, I mean a baseball season. There's so many ups and downs. And, you know, you can't get too high or too low. You just kind of have to, you know, take each day as it comes. It's a lot like life in that regard. But when you, when you say enjoy the ride, it's not always going to be great and fun. Sometimes there are dips in the ride that make you a little terrified at times. But when you when you get yourself out of one of those dips, when you're out of the Houston series and you're off the road and you're back home with home cooking against a division rival and you meet the challenge – that's when the ride gets a little more fun, right? So when I say enjoy the ride, this is what I'm talking about right here because it's without – if you don't have the negatives that go, come along in baseball season, then you can't enjoy days like today on the south side. And, boy, it was it was a fun one. Let's start where we always start, Herb. Carlos Rodon was out there, and uh, he struggled a little bit early in the first inning and then found it, and he really found it. But then things kind of uh, got off track there. But he goes five innings, six hits, four runs. They were all earned. Uh, two walks, nine punch-outs for Carlos Rodon. I know what your favorite Rodon moment was, but uh, what did you see out of Carlos today um, leading up to that point where the, where the wheels kind of fell off there? Just something that I've seen rarely him do this year, get the ball up to 100 miles per hour, just ease. It's not like a a, a hard 100. He's doing that pretty easily, and – the slider, I, even though the slider of um, the one he hit to Donaldson, he got the result of a strikeout. That was a mistake pitch that Donaldson even it was such a mistake pitch that Donaldson swung through it. It's a hanging slider middle middle and he just swung through it. And so he didn't have his great stuff, but he was a competitor out there. He battled through when, when you saw the stare down. That's what he knows. He knows he's the shit. He knows he can't. T- you can't touch him. You know, you don't stare a dude down if you're Carlos Rodon of last year. Nope. This year's Carlos Rodon does that because he knows you don't gonna talk to my friend like that and my teammate like that. And also come and get me. You know, it's not necessarily like uh, don't pick on little brother because, you know, if you're saying one is better than the other, uh, I would say G Lito came into the year as the ace, but now Rodon's the guy and he's a little bit, what are they about the same age? I think Rodon's like 28 and G Lito's like 27. So it's not a big brother, little brother thing, but he treated him as such. He's like, Hey, you can pick on my little brother. And then my other little brother with Dylan cease, but there ain't going to be no first inning home runs off of me. There ain't going to be no mess like that off of me. I'm the man's right here. There ain't going to be no home runs off of me today because you can't fuck with me. I'm the best here. So yeah, you could talk all that shit to them people, but keep your mouth shut when it comes to me. Uh, Donaldson had kind of a rough day today um, with that that uh, 
play where Hamilton stole third, didn't quite get the tag down in the way, and it just he looked kind of lackadaisical. That little that little uh, sw- yep. swinging bunt down the third baseline where he thought it was going to roll foul for some reason, like you yeah. know, it, it's just it's it was odd, you know. So that's why any criticisms that that come from him, you know, this was not the best representation of Josh Donaldson as a baseball player this week. And this is not the same guy that was gold glove caliber and also, you know, an MVP a perennial MVP candidate, uh, an MVP award winner for, for many years. I don't know if that's just symptomatic of the team. I know people wanted manager Rocco Baldelli fired as early back as that your mean series up in Minnesota. I remember we saw some signs up there mm-hmm. for that, but just, you know, just that, that twins team just, uh, was looking real rough there today, but, uh, Hey man, you hate to see it. What can I say? Um, and Donaldson, remember the series before, I think here at a uh, guaranteed rate, he did that slow run to home plate where his teammate yes. got tagged out and the run didn't score. Yep. You know, a lot of bonehead plays. You know, if you're going to be criticizing play, those are the one of the things that I hate. You know, cheating also I hate, but I hate loafing, not giving 100%, uh, especially when you're a veteran. You know the time, you know the situation, you know you got to get home before that other guy gets tagged. So that's the stuff that, you know, you need to look in your own house before you be blaming other people and check, check it for them. Yeah, he didn't uh, – Rodon didn't mention in the post game what sort of led up to the, the struggles there in his final inning, but you did mention he was ramping it up there pretty good. I don't know if he just if it was fatigue or if he was trying to overthrow because he was so jacked up and a lot of the the, the the pitches he was rolling up there just were a little too straight and a little too much in the zone. So I don't know if that was a part of it, but regardless, um, you know, he he battled back from a, a rocky first inning and got out of it unscathed and gave his team a chance to win. And his offense certainly supported him. But the, the rest of the guys on the pitching staff. Let's talk about them today as well. Uh, Michael Kopech uh, returning from the IL in his first appearance. He gets the win today, and he's 3-0 on the year. He pitches one inning, uh, gives up the one walk, but it's quickly erased on the inning-ending double play. Um, you know, there was a little bit of rust, but, you know, uh, the thing with Michael Kopech is, again, I, I go back to the, the, the calming presence that he provides when he's out there. He never looks overmatched. He never looks like he's a little iffy out there. You know, you can tell when some guys don't have it. And Kopech, for to his credit, he he has it more often than not, but he never looks like he's rattled out there, and I think that that definitely helps the end result. But you know, he lo- he looked pretty good today, I would say, in his first time back in, in over a month, and they're going to need him with with Bummer on the shelf and the struggles that you've gotten. You know, Marshall is going to be on the shelf, so you know they're going to need him here. We talked about the number one need being a right-handed relief arm. Well, there it is, right there for you, uh, at least for the interim. Just being able to to stop the bleeding there in those bridge innings. And today it was uh, more critical than ever. I, I ever. I think they would have let him go a little longer in a typical situation, but I think they just didn't want to test him. But what'd you think of Kopech today? For loose missing a month plus, he looked like he skipped a little beat because he didn't have the strikeout pitch today. And yeah. like you said, he walked a, a guy. Um, so he wasn't that great, but he got the job done. He was effective. Um, this is just rust. That, that's what I'm thinking that, you know, he can't execute his pitches as well as he was when he was uh, at the end of his uh, before he got the hamstring pull. And so. This is the guy who replaced him the replacement, I believe. Cody Hoyer, we came into the year with a lot of hopes and dreams, but, you know, I think the league has caught up with him and he hasn't readjusted. He's just not there. He couldn't find the strike zone this today and got saved up by a, a, a great outing by uh, yes. Garrett Crochet. But Michael Kopech, 
you're never worried when he's out there. You're never, oh man, Michael's out here. We're going to be walking the yard or we're going to be giving up hard contact, stuff like that. No, you know, you have the confidence that he's going to get the job done. I didn't think he would be come back so soon because they were very hush hush on this uh, coming back. And then all of a sudden he's throwing off flat ground. Then he's throwing a bullpen. Then he's doing the sim game on Saturday. And then I was like, okay, he's going to be sending down for a uh, rehab start. He's been out a month, a guy with a rebuilt arm and, you know, not many innings. They're like, no, we're good for it. Let's just play him right now. So probably the best case scenario for the White Sox. He missed that month, the month off of pitching every day. And now he can probably go a little bit longer with this second half of the season starting in a couple of days as opposed to the month plus of extra pitches he would have thrown in the games that the White Sox played in the month of June. Yeah, and you mentioned Garrett Crochet. Crochet relieved Cody Hoyer, who you mentioned, and uh, Cody Hoyer begins the seventh inning with a pop-out, then a walk to Donaldson, then a walk to Cruz, which I wonder if that was by design, you know, considering how hot Cruz was. You know, he walked the two of them on a total of, of nine pitches, yeah. and then Crochet comes in to to face Larnack, and uh, he strikes him out swinging, and then he issues the walk to Jeffers, uh, which is uh, the surprising one the, from the left side. Then you start to worry a little bit. But then one of the big moments of this ball game is when Miguel Sano comes up uh, with the bases loaded and uh, and he's able to strike out Sano. And a big moment in that one where after he keys him on that slider, you know, Crochet walks off that mound. He's, he he's gives the, the big roar, which you don't often see from him. He's normally a, a very reserved guy, but knowing the struggles that he's been through the past couple weeks in, in terms of, you know, you had some velocity issues and you just had, you know, just getting hit hard issues. And you could tell he was kind of out in the wilderness a little bit, but it seems like he came back home today. And that, that, that strikeout to Sano, who, by the way, I believe he left nine runners stranded today, Miguel Sano. Uh, but that moment from Crochet was a, as big a spot in this ball game as any. Really big. And I think that Crochet has turned the corner. Like he has his times where he's not looking good. The Pittsburgh start, the one after that one, or the Pittsburgh relief parents, and then the one after that, I think is uh last week. But today he was as bad as he was in nose, or as not good as he was in nose, he was that much better in this one. He seemed to calm down himself. He was he was brought into a situation that was really tough in the seventh inning. Runners on first and second, and then eventually bases loaded, and he got the job done. Man, what can you say about Garrett Crochet? That is a ultimate job right there, and the game's hanging in the balance right there. The Minnesota Twins actually took the lead right there, so or they took the lead the inning before, and so you need to just uh, stop the bleeding right now, make sure that you get out of the inning, and have your team go to the next and have a chance to win the game. And Gary Crochet stepped up as a first-year pitcher. It's ultimately, like, his job to get the outs, but, like, it's very good to see a guy that has his struggles, has not the 100-miles-per-hour stuff anymore, and he's learning how to pitch, and he's learning how to get these guys out. And like you said, you don't see that motion from him too much, but he knew that slider was filthy. And to get a big league hitter like Sano out, Awesome. And uh, you're able to strike him out multiple times as well because Adrian Johnson was back there behind home plate oh. and he had a very shaky strike zone and that bat in particular. So to, to come back after, you, you know, throwing some nasty stuff 
nasty sliders on the outside edge to a good hitter and then not getting the calls go your your way and then to come back and, and strike them out that was big right there that was a big moment for the youngsters so I think that was part of the the emotional uh, you know outburst after after he left that one just mm-hmm. knowing like ah I was still able to get it done despite everything going against me there so that, that was a job well done ho-hum Ryan Burr comes on once again with another <laughs> scoreless inning what the hell man baseball is so damn weird but here he is Ryan Burr he's your eighth inning bridge guy to Liam Hendricks and just you know quietly you know uh, just putting up zeros uh, every day and uh, it, it won't last forever so we have to praise him uh, while it's happening and then Liam Hendricks comes on uh, had a little bit of a rough ride there but uh, he's able to lock it down in the ninth inning but take a quick time out and talk about the offense their role in the sweep of the twins next here on Locked on White Sox this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Rock Auto you know, friends, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's become impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car is ever going to need. So why endure that often pointless or seemingly intimidating process of asking the person behind the counter if they have the parts that you need and they ask you the question like, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? And you don't remember. Uh, You just want to drive the thing out of there and make sure you're good. So why endure all that when you can get all the parts that your car is ever going to need at rockauto.com? For example, there's a, a rental car crisis going on in America right now. A lot of people are trying to find rental cars at their vacation destination only to find out that a lot of places have gotten rid of their fleets uh, during COVID. So, you know, my dad is looking to go out to California and he's trying to make sure that his car is running in tip top shape. So I told him he's buying all these auto parts coming up here. I said, if you're going to do that, go to rockauto.com because they're going to have all the parts that your car is going to need, no matter what make and model for your vehicle you're looking for. But best of all, you're going to save time and money when you go there because you don't have to go to one of these big chain storefronts and only to find out that they don't have the parts that your car needs. Plus, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store when you don't have to? Or even your car dealership? Forget about it. RockAuto.com is a family business, friends, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers like you and I online for over 20 years. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So if you're hitting the open road this summer, go to RockAuto.com. You don't want to get stranded out there. Make sure your car is running tip-top shape. You'll see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us this favor right locked on in the how you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This offense, I think, is a story today. And oh, there she is. She's playing the Roblox. And uh, the offense, I think, is a story today. And not necessarily the offense. You know, it was a good homestand, good series. Um, I believe you know the the, the Sox where they they had like a, a 350 plus batting average this entire series and the power numbers came back, but when I look at today's game, I don't necessarily look at the power numbers. And yes, it was nice to have a couple of homers from Zach Collins and Brian Goodwin, but you know I just think of the the narrative of the entire season when I look at a game like this. This was your you know, this is your your avatar, your 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 prototype victory for a 2021 White Sox victory because you had the starting pitching keeping you in it, and then bullpen a little bit rocky along the way, but ultimately good enough to get it done. But then the offense just has contributions from from everybody, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. Billy Hamilton back in the mix. And, you know, if he just, you know, you were at the game last night. You know how much the fans love him out there when he came oh out goodness. for, like, the, the cult following is real, and it's, it's hard to not to love uh, Billy Hamilton. But he, but he comes on, and he gets that double, 
and then he steals third base, and then he scores on the sack fly, like doing all the little things. And at that point, that that was a huge run. Any runs that you tack on late in the game are huge, especially when you're playing a division rival. So Billy Hamilton contributing today, good win. I mean, Vaughn has been crushing it with, with two hits today, and Gavin Sheets with another hit today. You know, it's just Danny Mendick with a great at-bat late in the game to tack on a run. And then Zach Collins, of course, uh, with with his first home run at Guaranteed Rate Field, his first home field home run in his young career, man. Just this is one of those games where you look at the lineup and you're like, man, this is the lineup. This is what we're working with. But they they found a way to to just get it done, man. And I think, you know, they just this team is just amazing to watch when it, when everything's clicking like that when you're when they're playing good team baseball. You said it right there. And before I get started. Hamilton and Burr, friends. Yes, we know. We know. But, but not, no one's really mentioned that yet because Ryan Burr is not a household name and he's not, you know, he's not Michael Kopech. He doesn't have the man bun, so people forget he's out there. But we haven't we haven't seen too many mainstream media Burr and Hamilton things just yet. I know it's only I mean, been. It's a different one, too. I, I know. Unless they think it's the same Burr and Hamilton. That's yeah. possible. They think, oh, yeah, they've always had those guys. Because if you Google Burr and Hamilton White Sox, I'm sure the old stuff for me and Hamilton's days come up. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad we just keep that on a low. No one has to know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Like last night, I think everybody but one player had, except for Yermin, had a hit in the lineup. Same thing that happened tonight. Everybody in the lineup had a hit. It's good to contribute to a team victory. And remember, at the start of our career and his career, Jose Brios used to dominate the White Sox. And now they eat his lunch. They had some great at-bats today versus Barrios, versus all the rest of the players out there, uh, Alcala, Robles, and Law. They didn't just doing a great job of working counts, getting on base, having hard contact, having, for the most part, and we'll get to the dumb stuff, good base running, and contributing to a team victory. I love what we're doing on the offensive side of the ball defense and some of the base running. go ahead go ahead go ahead what are right. the dumb stuff go ahead the floor is All yours right. with the dumb stuff it you know we want this team to be great not just good so people are going to be i'm preemptively calling it here like people are gonna be like why are you guys so negative about this like you know they won they swept the twins but no you look at look at the brand of ball the astros play and it's a lot cleaner than what you're seeing on the south side so go ahead sir the floor is yours oh my goodness like there's one out i think their bases are loaded and so any player on first and second knows that run at third is the vital one. I cannot get thrown out. So I need to stay near my base if there's a ball in the air. No matter if I think it's a hit or not, I need to stay close to my base. Because if it hits the ground, I probably will advance a couple bases. So, yes, Monte Grandal's at second base. Jose Abreu's at third. Line shot to left center field. The ball is caught. Yes, Monte Grandal is at almost third base <laughs> while Jose Abreu is tagging up. The left fielder throws the ball to third baseman, uh, Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson wisely throws it back to shortstop, Anderson Simmons, and tags the base. Jose Abreu scores. This wouldn't happen if Josh Donaldson didn't interfere with the dumb base running of Yasmani Grandal there. <laughs> if he doesn't touch him, that is a out. That's a double play. Jose Abreu does not score right there in that situation because the dumb base running by Yasmani Grandal. I don't know where you're going. You're lucky you got to interfere with, and the second base umpire saw that you got to interfere with by Josh Donaldson. It's just those little things like 
not a got no situation. We got on like if you guys are watching the Cubs, we got on Javier Baez for not knowing the outs and then not hustling back to first base and getting doubled off on a ball hit to left field. You got to get on these guys for not knowing the outs and the situation. This is a they're major league baseball players. Jose Abreu is a major league baseball player. Yes, Monty Grandal is the highest paid player in White Sox history. He's a major league baseball player. You have to know time and situation. You have to know what's going on. And you have to have expert base running when you have the slimmest of margins. And yeah, it's twins and you're beating them pretty badly. But act like they're not the twins. Act like they're the Astros. Act like the Yankees. Dodgers, Padres, Giants, some of those high stakes teams where you're going to be playing those guys and you have the margins are going to be so those games. And so you get to sharpen those tools right now. And base running is one of those tools that you can control and you can make sure that you are doing the best that you can. And that is not the best that they can. A couple dumb errors by uh, uh, Yohan Mankata. And then the slide. I know he tripped up. But it's just like that one unnecessary. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just frustrating. And I hope he's only out for this series. And that's what Tony hopes the Detroit series. He's only out. But these games count. And Cleveland, while we're having some separation from right now, will always be there. I know Tanny believes that as a big time believer of that they hit well in June, they pitch well in June. So I expect that to continue on and maybe get some reserves at the trade deadline. So these things need to be tightened up for they come and get you before you have to face the Yankees or the Rays or the other teams in these, in this league. So I just want need to have some stuff cleaned up. We're beating the twins and getting wins are great, but it's the twins. We're treating them at like a last place team. Like they are. So we should sweep the twins now. Let's just straighten that stuff up and act like we're a championship caliber team and act like that all the time, no matter what the opponent is. What's well said, man. It's what we've been saying that this entire time. Um, you know, you want to. We'll take a brief time out, come back, and preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. You know, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action with our friends at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And it's not just baseball you can bet on on a daily basis. Check out these cool prop bets you can place at Bet Online. I mentioned the competitive hot dog eating contest in 2021. That's coming up soon. You can place a bet on who's going to win that. Right now, the over-under on Joey Chestnut, the GOAT, is set at 73.5 hot dogs. You can place a bet on that, over or under. How about this? You can place a bet on who is going to testify at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? Or how about which TV network is going to host the Golden Globes? Or better yet, how about which country is going to be the first to be attacked by aliens? That's right. I'm not kidding, folks. It's all there for you at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason and aliens. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on. We take a look at the 1994 White Sox, part of the team that one of the last teams that had the back to back home sweeps of the Twins. And uh, one of the lineups uh, I'm looking at, May 25th, 1994. Can I guess one guy? 
Well, I think you would. I think you'll probably get. Multiple I mean, I'm gonna guess is. one of the obscure guys is Aaron <laughs> Lewis in the lineup. Um, not in the second game that I'm looking at here, uh, 1994. I went with the, the front end because I get a baseball boner every time I think of the '94 <laughs> White Sox. So I went to that one. So was Darren Darren Lewis was probably was not on the '94 team. I don't he think, probably was the '95. Yeah, yeah. So I bet you if we look at '95, I bet you he was. But the, the lineup here, May 25, 1994, at Comiskey Park Two, as uh, Baseball Almanac calls it. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, Paco Martin leading off at short. Uh. Joey Cora at second. The Big Hurt at first base. Julio Franco, DH. Rockin' Robin Ventura at third. Uh. And our guy, DJ Yakatao in, in right. Lance Johnson in center. Ron Karkovice catching. And... Wow, I forgot that this guy, Bob Zupsik, <laughs> was. What is, what is that? <laughs> that is a blind spot for me uh, for, for the 1994 Wipe Sox. I forgot about a good old Bob Zupsik um, or Zupsik. That's uh, it's man. That was that's a throwback right there. Yeah, and I, uh, Alex Fernandez uh, came on and uh, he, he had the start for that one. He goes eight innings. And then wow. Jeff, Jeff Schwartz gets the ninth for that one as the White Sox beat the Twins by a score of 12-1 to 1 on the, the south side of Chicago. So, uh, yeah, whenever you can go back to 1994 in the White Sox time capsule, I'm here for it every single time. Uh, some of the and guys- I was wrong about D-Lou, 96-97 White Sox. Okay. Um, yeah, oof, this uh, this Twins lineup, oof, 1994. You know, you've got Knobloch in it, Puck, um, that's about it. <laughs> you know, uh, Cole, uh, Shane Mack. Oh, uh, <laughs> eyebrows, Shane Mack. Uh, yeah, Matt, is this Matt, Matt Mears? Who's it? What Mears? Who's that? Yeah, Pat Mears, not Matt Mears. Pat Mears, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was a rough ride for the Twins in 94. Was Billy Bean on that team? Uh, ooh, that's a, that's a good call. My man, already you know, retired. It's not showing me the reserves here. Um, but, yeah, man, so that's fun stuff. Let's talk about tonight's game. We, we will have a recap tonight, maybe. My uh, my my golden rule, my the thing you like to avoid on this show is not having to do a Friday night recap because that's like family time and that's uh, yep. relaxed time. And this this rain out on Monday really threw me off uh, this week. But uh, we may have to finish off the fifth show because got to finish strong. I think maybe at least it's a East Coast game. Yes, it's in Detroit. Which you which last time we had a Detroit game on a Friday night there was a rain delay. So we shall see. But it's a pitching matchup of a guy who I really wish got a chance to pitch against Josh Donaldson and uh, Lance Lynn. He's seven and three with a two oh six against Casey Mize, five and four with a three four six. So, so you know, continue playing good baseball. The um, the Indians have, of course, the Astros and. Go look at that Indian schedule for the month of July. I sent it to you a couple weeks back when when things were looking bleak against the Astros, and I said, hey, this stretch of the Sox are in the middle right now. Cleveland's got to do that too. So now's the time to really get some good separation going. But if I know baseball, uh, things are not going to be that easy. But Lance Lynn and Casey Mize on a Friday night, I'm here for it. Lance Lynn is appointment television every single damn time. I'm here for it too, and I love um, him going against a Detroit team that's much improved. And the last couple months they've had a winning record. It may be A.J. Hinch and what they're doing out there is working for those guys, young players that you don't know from anybody, from Adam. I I don't know who's on that team, the old veteran uh, Miguel Cabrera and maybe Jacoby Jones and my Akil Badu, who's a rookie, and that's about it. And, oh, yeah, I forgot. 
Hannes Haas. <laughs> yeah. How can, how can we ever forget? Yeah, he's Hanna, he's, Haas. he's cooled off a bit though. He's uh, but I mean, against he the, White the White Sox. Yet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, ooh, finally, Sox coming to town. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the next Ryan Rayburn. He's gonna be <laughs> booing him up there, but we're like, hey, that man's the best player of all time. Hey, Sox but, yeah. fans, that's a fun trip, man. I know you were talking about making the trip, but you basically have a kid because you have a, a dog. Um, yeah. But that's a fun road trip to make this weekend. Don't sleep. Comerica Park is beautiful, man, and it's yes, not it a is. bad ride. What is it like? Five hours. Five hours. Yeah, that's five hours to me now after that traffic we had coming back from Pittsburgh. Five hours sounds like a dream, you know. So, yeah, that's a fun trip. If you guys want to make that trip as well. I know we're we're your uh, default tour guides here and, uh, you know, but that's 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 a good one there. Comerica Park is a, is a beaut, and when your team's going well, you might as well take advantage because how many years did we sit here and wait for a good Sox team to go out and support? So hit the road and see the damn boys, why don't you? Yeah, awesome. It's a weekend, 4th of July weekend. You don't have to work on Monday. How about you go up on Saturday and Sunday, catch both of those games. You listen to this on Friday, catch both of those games, report back to us. Send us a voicemail, 312-566-8727. Oh. We do have voicemails before we get out of here. Uh, it's not okay. it's not many, uh, but there, you know we have another player checking in. Hello, my name is Matt Shoemaker. I used to play for the Minnehota Twins. <laughs> I just wanted to call and see if you can extend my my thanks to the Chicago White Sox for absolutely kicking the shit out of me and my team last night. Tagged it got me kicked off the team. I'm so thankful. I hated being on the team. Josh Donaldson is just such a fucking pest. Jesus. I can't stand him. His dad's a nice guy, though. Um, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you, Matt Shoemaker. That's back-to-back callers, uh, you know, in back-to-back days talking about Josh Donaldson's dad. Um, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into that one here, but uh, let's get to the next voicemail. And sometimes they do slip uh, those curse words, so we do apologize. But all right, Techno. Thank you, Matt Shoemaker, for calling in. Uh, that's all I got, man. Uh, it should be a fun weekend series, and hopefully, we we'll get to see some Jake Berger making uh, some career milestones up in up in the D, as they say. As the kids do say, at Chris Tannehill is the how. Oh, sorry, at Chris Tannehill is the way you can follow Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ekner Wall twenty three three one two five six six eight seven two seven, or locked on socks at gmail dot com because we're gonna do a mailbag segment for you guys out there. So we need your help three one two five six six eight seven two seven, or locked on socks at gmail dot com for Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to Locked On Socks.